Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. Well, good morning. Can we just make some more noise for Amanda? Where'd she go? She's run away. I do that just because I know how awkward she feels, honestly. Uh, well, good morning, church. Uh, we love Amanda so much, and uh, we are so glad to bless her and send her. Um, welcome to those of you who are joining us online or just in the room for the first time. You're so welcome here. Um, just before we jump in and dig into the Word. Uh, next Sunday, I have to invite you, April 30th, after the gathering, we'll be having our next membership lunch. And so if you call Crosspoint your home church, this is a great way to get to know us and for us to get to know you, an invitation to be a part of something bigger than yourself, the local church body. And so the membership lunch is an easy step towards enjoying the privileges of church membership, especially that of discerning the will of God for our church and contributing to a solid church governance, the skeletal structure of a healthy church body. I'm just booming this morning. So if you would like to join us for the next membership lunch next Sunday, um, you can visit thecrosspointchurch.ca slash events. Now, today is week two in our series on the Holy Spirit, Gift of the Father. So this week, I'm going to take off my preaching hat, and I'm going to teach you. And so you know this is happening because I'm wearing my teaching blazer. So don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> it's not a fan. Um, anyways, uh, if you missed it last week, here's a recap. God exists in three persons eternally, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is one, one is three people. And the scriptures teach us that God is ascending God. The Father sent his eternally begotten Son, Jesus, who then ascends to the right hand of the Father and sends the Holy Spirit to us. And the scriptures teach us that the Holy Spirit is this gift from the Father by way of the Son, and the Holy Spirit is equal to the Father and Son in every way, in attributes, authority, and power. He is God, the Holy Spirit. Got that? Okay. So this discussion is one about what we call the imminent trinity. That is who God is. Last week, Jim established who God, the Holy Spirit, is. Most importantly, that he is a person. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is arguably, though, the most neglected person of the Trinity. Why? Because we deny him the attribute of personality. But the Holy Spirit has a will and intention. He has emotion and he can sympathize with us. He was present in creation, the Old Testament, during the life of Jesus in the early church. And he is present right now, right here. And so today then, I want to discuss the economic trinity, that is, what God does. Or more, more personally for us, what role does this person, God the Holy Spirit, have in our lives today? And so this is the roadmap for 
us this morning. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit's life-changing presence and how we respond to him in relationship. And then we're going to take a moment to practice being in relationship with God right here this morning. Why? Because the presence and the passion of the Holy Spirit shapes his role in our lives. And so now, spoiler alert, I want you to write this down. If you have papers, you can visit the website for the notes. Those are really helpful. Um, this is the Holy Spirit's role, really clearly. The Holy Spirit is an active witness to Christ in our lives. The Holy Spirit is an active witness to Christ in our lives. So first, let's talk about the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives then, so we can just kind of unpack that a little bit. So if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. This is in the Gospels. Uh, if you've hit uh, Acts, you've gone too far. Okay? We're starting John chapter 14, starting with verse 12. And now this is the promise from Jesus to his followers for all time. Starting with verse 12, let's read together. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray before we jump in. We pray, Lord, come Holy Spirit right now. And Lord, what we mean is, is that you're still welcome here, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your person and your presence. And today we just want to know more about you. We want to engage in relationship with you. And so we ask that you speak to us in my teaching and through our hearing. Use that, I pray. And today will be a new beginning of response and engagement to you, a relationship with you. And so we pray, reveal yourself to us. And all God's people say, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. You know, Jesus, in this passage, he's sharing the last meal with the disciples they had already, he had already washed their feet. They had already broken bread. Then he began to teach them while they still had time. The disciples could sense the weight of the moment, so Jesus leaves them with a promise and an advantage. First, he promises his disciples, and so he promises all of us who follow Jesus today that God the Holy Spirit is available to us. We can't miss that. His availability. This is the promise. He says the Father will give us another helper like him, to be with forever, to be with us forever. And he will not leave us, not orphans. And so he is with us, for us, and he will never leave us. And you want, if you want to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, understand this, God has given himself freely to us, fully to us, and forever. Could someone say amen? Doesn't that matter? Yes, some of you are awake this morning. He has given himself freely, fully, and forever. Forever is a long time. You are not alone. Some of you today feel so alone. It is not so. 
the Holy Spirit is here, and the Holy Spirit is with you. Second, Jesus says this is to our advantage. John chapter 16, verse 17. We'll just jump over there real quick. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, God is available to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? This means the ministry of Jesus is not over. Amen? That's encouraging. Here we go. Okay? It continues in and through his disciples. Not just the 12, but in and through all who believe and surrender their lives to him. In us. And so Jesus said to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them, and he would be with us until the very end. If not for the Holy Spirit, we would be alone. But it is not so. He is here right now by his Spirit, God. The life and ministry of Jesus shows us the who and the howness of God. Jesus is how we know who God is and how his kingdom works. But the Holy Spirit is not only the who of God in our midst, he is the where and the whatness of God today. In other words, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit that identifies to us who God is, where God is and what he's up to, and reveals Jesus to us more and more and more. And so that's, it's just, you know, it's not just that we can meet with God. It's much, much more. God, the Holy Spirit, goes with us. That's the next slide, next point. God, the Holy Spirit, goes with us. Verse 16, Jesus says, uh, the Father will send you another helper. You see, this word Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit is, in John is translated in the ESV as helper. But in other translations, it sometimes is rendered as, you know, comforter. You've heard counselor, advocate. But the Greek word is paraclete, which literally means to come alongside. And so God, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside you and I in everyday life. And how he acts is unique to each of our situations, just as following Jesus for the disciples differed and varied day by day, as you can imagine. And so, you know, you know, before I was a pastor, some of you know that I was a support caseworker and doing work similar to what social workers do today. And this kind of work powerfully illustrates how the paraclete functions in our lives, how God, the Holy Spirit, functions in our lives. Caseworkers come alongside those that they support. How they support each participant is unique to the one receiving the support. It depends on what challenges they face and what they are motivated to do. You know, casework, how many social workers or a human services worker in the building? Caseworker is relentless, isn't it? I see that hand. Um, it's relentless and persistent. You know what that's like. And it has the great potential to assist and empower the people that they help, this, this caseworker. They encourage, they equip, they console, they advocate and guide someone. When someone of resource comes alongside you, there is great potential and anything can happen. And who has more resource to draw upon than the creator of the universe, God the Holy Spirit? And so in a similar way, the Holy Spirit supports us in a whole variety of ways, including but not limited to the Holy Spirit as our teacher. 
Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and bring to remembrance all that he has said. Or number two, Jesus as the, or hold the Holy Spirit as our guide. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will guide us in all truth. Number three, the Holy Spirit as what I like to call our preacher. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Number four, the Holy Spirit as empowerer. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will give us power for ministry. Acts 1.8. The Holy Spirit as cultivator. Number five, the Holy Spirit nurtures fruit and Christ-likeness in our lives. Number six, the Holy Spirit as a giver. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to believers for community of believers to be used with love and for common good. And much, much more. You know, God is creative. He is not limited. He is God. Now, all of these things that I have said, they are contingent on one thing, though. It all depends on our rapport with the Holy Spirit, the quality of the relationship we have with Him, and our willingness to trust Him. The Holy Spirit has great potential to work in and through us. But are you open to Him? Will you trust Him? That's the question. Because God desires to do more in our lives than most of us want him to. That's the honest truth. He wants to make his home in you. You see, God the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Let's look back to John 14, verse 17. Just really quickly, Jesus says this about the spirit of truth. He says, you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. See, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus for salvation, the Holy Spirit is in you. But do you know him? At your conversion, when you first acknowledged your sin and cast yourself upon Christ's saving grace, you received new spiritual life by an act of God, the Holy Spirit. But now will you build a relationship with him? Because he wants to dwell in you. He doesn't just want to be in you. He wants to be a welcome guest. John 14.23 says that the Father desires to make a home with those who love him. He says, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. See, God makes his home with those who love him. The love of God is transformative. God dwelling in us is transformative, and he does this by his Spirit. I was, I was reading recently, and there's a Puritan pastor named Richard Sibbs that describes this amazing synergy in a lot, this lovely high English tone. Um, he wrote that when the Holy Spirit becomes our guest of honor, he says this, doth also become a, unto us a counselor in all our doubts, a comforter in all our distresses, a solicitor to all duty a guide in the whole course of life until we dwell with him forever in heaven, unto which his dwelling here in us doth tend. In other words, the Spirit takes us as his home and plays a relational role in our lives. And he doesn't just want to live in the closet basement either. He wants the master bedroom. He wants to redecorate. He wants to clean the dishes. He wants to wash the floor. He wants to unlock those closed doors in your life and remove all the garbage. Not only that, he wants to talk, speak, 
to grow in relationship. He wants late nights by the fireplace and small talk at the grocery store. He wants moments shoulder to shoulder with you in silence as you watch the sun go down. The Holy Spirit wants more than you've been given to him. But are we good hosts? Will we entertain God, the Holy Spirit, the living God? Will we develop a relationship with him? Or is the Holy Spirit an unwanted house guest? If we're willing, something truly amazing can happen, friends. Let me encourage you. This is the reality of a spiritual hospitality we can have towards God, the Holy Spirit. In this way, God, the Holy Spirit, has an available, active, and transforming role in our lives by his presence. And so look at me. I have said this before, and I will say it again. Life with the Holy Spirit is not just about encountering and walking and being transformed by God. It is those things. But the point is not what we receive from the Holy Spirit. So let me take a moment to talk to you about something I like to call Project Me. Okay? In our culture, there's a prevalent riptide of individuality and self-centeredness. You know it. You've seen it. And sometimes this current can flood the church even. And we get caught up in the waves that toss us to and fro into moral therapeutic deism. That is, we start to think that God exists to make us better, nicer, stronger, and happier. And it becomes all about Project Me. Project Me is not the intent of the Holy Spirit and it's not the gospel of Jesus. You might become nicer, stronger, better, or even happier, and all glory goes to God. Amen? That's the fruit of the Spirit in your life. That's the image of Jesus being reflected in your person. Don't get me wrong. You know, the Spirit of God does change lives. I am an example of that. You know, for example, one of our elders, one you love, David Green, we have this joke. Let me tell you, too, it's an inside joke, but it won't be anymore, so I'm giving it to you. It's my gift today. We like to joke that David came to Cross Point to use the bathroom, and now he's an elder. <laughs> right, Dave? Where are you? Yeah, he's up there. He said he knows it. Well, let's ask his wife something. Michelle, where are you? In the back? Okay, perfect. Has David arrived? Is he complete? Wait, don't answer that. Okay. <laughs> Dave, I love you as you are. You know that. But this is the point. God can take us as we are and do amazing things. It's not about Project Me. But seriously, the point is, Project Me lends itself to two errors. First, you might overestimate what the Spirit of God will do before Jesus returns. You might, be, you know, you might never be ready or complete until he comes and makes it so. Second, you might underestimate what the Spirit of God can do with the cranky, weak, and unhappy version of you, right? He might use you or do something in you before you're even ready. The truth is, either way, we are, whether we are waiting or, or we're weak, we must depend on the Holy Spirit. This is not only the role of the Holy Spirit, but why we need him. We all have, all of us can find this in, in our relationship with him. It's, it's not about Project Me. It's all about Jesus. By the Spirit of God, he redeems us. By his Spirit, he changes us into his likeness. By his Spirit, he takes us and turns me into we. 
And then by adoption, we are joined to a family, the local church, his church. And though we are diverse, we have fellowship in one spirit. We're united by and transformed by his work in us. It's all about relationship. In our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we, believers, respond to him. We trust and depend on him. We act in relation to him. We act as if we're discovering uh, him for the first time. We discover what he is like and what he cares about. And we get behind that. And so what does the Holy Spirit care about then? Well, we've talked about his presence. Now let's talk about his passion. Let's look again at Jesus' discourse on the Holy Spirit in the book of John. Let's quickly flip to John 15, 26. Otherwise, you can see it on the screen. Here, Jesus says something really important. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds of, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Listen, friends, here's the big idea one more time, just in case you missed it. The Holy Spirit is an active witness to Christ in our lives. That is what God, the Holy Spirit, is intent on doing. He proceeds from the Father to bear witness about Christ. John says that he glorifies Jesus by taking what is his and giving it to us. The disciples bear witness about Christ because they were with him in life from the very beginning. But we bear witness to Christ because our relationship with the Holy Spirit we reflect the image of Jesus through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That is to grow in Christ-likeness. Now, St. Augustine once wrote this. He said, a Christian is a mind through which Christ thinks, a heart through which Christ loves, a voice through which Christ speaks, and a hand through which Christ helps. I don't know about you, but I can only do this through a relationship with the living God, the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you wouldn't like what comes out. So let's get practical. How should we respond? How do we engage in a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, let me suggest three habits to building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number one is our openness. We need to be open to a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And maybe we were at one point, but we have become closed off. That happens sometimes. And Paul instructs us in this way. He says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. In other words, don't let your wounds, we all have them, our baggage, doubt, skepticism, or anything else keep you from the work of the Holy Spirit. Bitterness and emotional distance can kill any good relationship. Be careful, yes, but don't completely close yourself off. That will take intentional work. So my question to you, if you're in that place, are you closed off? Are you still open? Will you give the Holy Spirit another chance? I know it's hard. I know some of us have had bad experiences. I have been there. But will you open yourselves to him again? Number two, sensitivity. The Holy Spirit is an eternal and divine person. He has an opinion on what we do and how we treat him. Like any good relationship, we need to be considerate of him. Paul instructs us again, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness 
and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God Christ, God in Christ forgave you. In other words, sin will affect your relationship with the Holy Spirit and he will make it known to you. Usually it feels like distance. Listen, the Holy Spirit will never leave you, but he will know by your actions whether he is a welcome house guest or not. For he wants no part of destructive behavior or sin. As a result, our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit will make us more sensitive towards others and how we treat them. My question to you, if you're just, you're just not sensitive to the Spirit anymore, you're closed off, is this, are you pushing him away? Does he feel distance and why? Why does that happen? And finally, number three, we need to engage. This is so key. You need to participate in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We just wouldn't let this happen in our marriages if someone just checked out. We need to participate in a relationship, especially with the Holy Spirit. So if you want Christ to be magnified, you cannot be passive with his spirit. A vibrant life with God just won't happen to you. Paul says that we should walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh, which are in uh, opposition to the spirit. But if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. There's this active participation. In other words, we must let the spirit take the lead and adjust accordingly to him. It's not just submission to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but it is complete in our acting upon what he is doing. I mean, have you ever left the Holy Spirit hanging? He's telling you to do something, but you just won't engage? He wants you to respond to him. He wants you to engage. And so this plays out in a thousand places. If the Holy Spirit speaks, we should listen. If our lives are too loud, we should find solitude and silence. If we are too comfortable, we seek him out. You know, he's not safe, but he is good. If he says stop, we stop. If he says go, we go. We, you know, if he illuminates the scriptures to us in a new way, we ask ourselves, what does this mean for my life and how can I apply it? You see, this is the way the Holy Spirit helps us know what we should know or what we do know and what we should do. It never conflicts with God's word and his glory, but its applications are new every day. And without his spirit, would we even see it? So listen, our openness, our sensitivity, and our active engagement make for an authentic relationship with God the Holy Spirit. And he is just waiting with his hand out for us to connect with him. He wants more than what you're giving him right now. He wants to make your life a witness of the person and goodness of Jesus. He wants to make our church a place where Jesus is glorified and his name is lifted high. This is his role. But will you let him? Will you let him fulfill his role in your life? And so you might be here uh, this morning, and, I don't, and you don't know God the Holy Spirit as a person. And you might be ready to believe in Jesus for salvation and receive new spiritual life by his spirit. Or you might be here today and you just cannot sense God's spirit anymore. If that's you, you know, honestly, I would love to pray for you after the gathering for salvation or the filling of the Holy Spirit. 
But also at the end of the series, on May 14th, we're going to have a Sunday that specifically focus on, focuses on receiving the Holy Spirit. So you have two opportunities. Uh, or you just find me on the street. We'll do it then. Um, why not, right? But as we close this morning, let's do so with a practice for all believers. It's otherwise known as Lectio Divina. And I think if we want to become a people who know and walk with the Holy Spirit, we need more practice. And so practice seeking, asking, listening, and obeying the Holy Spirit. This is engagement. So right now, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us now through God's Word in a fresh way. And so if you have your Bibles, it will be useful to you in this. Otherwise, you can close your eyes and follow along. Now, this is just one way we can engage with the Holy Spirit. But I want to give you an opportunity right now to hear from him. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be reading from 2 Corinthians 3. And uh, it will be verse 17 and 18 if you want to look it up right now. Um, and I'm going to read it once slowly. What you're going to do is relax and listen. Or look if you have your Bibles. And then we'll sit for a moment in silence. And then I will repeat those steps one more time. And as I read, notice if the Holy Spirit speaks to you. You know, he might you know, draw your attention to particular words or words uh, or a word. He might give you a picture, uh, a message, a gut impression. He might give you a fresh understanding of something you didn't understand before. He might just tell you to do something flat out. You might get nothing, let me say that, and that's okay too. Sometimes God just wants to be together. But as you listen, maybe you know, jot down some things that come to mind. Now, let's, let's prepare our hearts. I'm just going to pray, and then I will lead you through this practice. So you do whatever you need to focus your attention. You can close your eyes, look at the floor, whatever. And so I'm going to ask you to take a deep breath in. And then exhale. Let's pray. Lord, we welcome you here. We acknowledge you here. We want more of a relationship with you. And so we ask that you speak to us now in a new way through your word. And we love you for it. Amen. Second Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What did you notice? What is God? Holy Spirit saying to you right now.
Let's listen again. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What words stood out to you? And why? You can ask the Holy Spirit, why that word, Lord? Maybe something happened in your body. What's, what's that about? For some of you, the question might be, is God asking you to do something? Maybe ask him how you can obey that prompting. Maybe some of you received a picture. What's that picture? Did you, did you think of someone or uh, a name? Someone you know or someone you don't know? Just how is the Holy Spirit reaching out to you right now? Open your eyes if they're closed. Now let, let me encourage you. Look at me. This, this is just a practice. God is not a, a jukebox. He, he responds as he will. So this takes practice. Maybe you got nothing. And sometimes we struggle to hear it. Isn't that true? Other times they're just, you know, there's something getting in the way and we have to deal with that. And sometimes God just wants to be with you. He wants your attention shoulder to shoulder, as it were. But, you know, relationships take practice. And so I encourage you, uh, as we close, I, I just want you to do three things. Keep practicing. It'll take time to develop an active relationship with the Holy Spirit. The second thing is act on it. You know, this is so important. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do something, it pleases God and glorifies Christ when you do. Number three, this is really important for us today, is I want you to talk about it. Obeying the Spirit reinforces your relationship with Him. Talking, it about, uh, talking about it with another believer you trust normalizes it, and then we can all grow in this together. Let me pray for you uh, before we close, and I'm going to invite Delaney up. Lord, we want to know and experience you more. We want to put more and more of our lives under your leadership so that we can be witnesses of Christ. And so we accept your offer of relationship. Apart from you, we realize we can do nothing. It's not project me. And so we ask that you would not stop showing up. Increase our faith, I ask. We are listening. We are, you have our attention. And most of all, we love you, Jesus. Hey, and welcome back. 
Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.